Hey there, Got Side Hustle Show fans. This is Chris McPeak, and it is summer vacation, which means the Got Side Hustle Show is going to go on a brief break. But you still get plenty of me every Wednesday as I'm going to roll out the greatest hits of Got Side Hustle and Elevate Your Aid, dating all the way back to the beginning. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the greatest hits of Elevate Your Aid and Got Side Hustle. I am super excited to bring you today's episode, dear listener, but this is not going to be a clean episode. It is a no expletive deleted episode as my guest is a New York Times bestselling author and anti-guru. Struggling to balance a side hustle with your job in higher education can be a real bummer. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and I help career professionals in higher education make time for their side hustle so they don't waste their potential. If you're ready to think outside the box about your time and truly do all of the things, then tune in now because you've got side hustle. Welcome to the Elevate Your 8 podcast. I am your host, Chris McPeak, and I could not be more excited about today's guest unless it were Peyton Manning or Madonna. I have the great honor today of interviewing New York Times bestselling author Sarah Knight, who has been dubbed the anti-guru. Sarah's books tap into feelings that most readers have but are afraid to act upon. She gives us permission to follow through, whether it's casting off unwanted obligations, making big life changes, or just being themselves, flaws and all. Sarah writes to us in the No Fucks Given Guides about mental health, setting goals, taking risks, getting motivated, getting organized, and all the usual self-help stuff, but she does it with profanity and silly charts and long-form analogies involving cartoon chipmunks. What can I say? It works. I admire Sarah Knight's books so much. It started all with the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck, followed by Get Your Shit Together, You Do You, Calm the Fuck Down, and her most recent No Fucks Given guide is called Fuck No. It's exactly what it sounds like, a manual for saying no, meaning it, and being heard. And who doesn't need help in that department? Okay, elevators, I think we are eclipsing the podcast capstone of my life because today our guest is New York Times bestselling author and my favorite author ever, maybe, I think, uh, Sarah Knight, also known as the anti-guru. Sarah, I am so honored to have you on Elevate Your A today. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. So I want to go all the way back to the beginning before you were the anti-guru, and especially because you had a day job once upon a time. Um, what was the experience that led you to create the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck? Well, uh, the, the short version is that I started having panic attacks at my job, uh, and I realized that something, something had to change about my life. That job was a 15-year career as a book editor in New York City. Um, it was, you know, the classic climbing the ladder, you know, hauling my way up year after year, published some amazing authors, some big bestsellers, certainly was having a lot of success, uh, and enjoyed the editing aspect of the job and collaborating with writers. But... Over time, when I was about 35 years old, uh, I just really snapped, I would say. I mean, there's no other way to put it that my body was telling me, my brain was telling me, you're working too hard, this is driving you crazy, you're not cut out for corporate life, uh, and something has to give. So I made a plan to leave that job and leave that career behind to work for myself, and it was really scary, uh, but I set myself a one-year goal to do it. And I saved as much money as I thought I would need. And with the support of 
my husband uh, and the knowledge of nobody else in my life. Uh, <laughs> when that year was up, I walked into my boss's office and quit to become a freelance editor. And then, as luck would have it, had this idea for a book of my own a couple weeks later. And did the TED are. Talk come first or did the book come first and then the TED Talk? The book came first, actually. And okay. the, so the first book, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, came out at the very end of 2015. And I believe that TED called me about a year later, asked me to do something for them. And that was about 10 months of, of really intense crafting of the talk, uh, rehearsing it, creating the slides and everything. And I did it. I gave the talk in early 2017. Yeah, I will put the TED Talk in the show notes because it's really it's really fun. And and if somebody, you know, I don't know why they wouldn't invest in your books because they're brilliant. But <laughs> if someone just wanted to get a good taste of Sarah Knight, they could definitely get that from the TED Talk. You talked about the process that you created for yourself. And if memory serves, you go into great depth in, about that in the Get Your Shit Together book. So can you share with us a little bit about what that process was like? Because you have a really great... Um, way of looking at it in terms of, you know, it's this much money a day equals this much money a week equals this much money a month, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So Get Your Shit Together was the sequel uh, to the first <laughs> book. And it basically, if the first book focused on figuring out what I didn't care about and eliminating it from my life, Get Your Shit Together is really about how you can do that too uh, and how you can set goals and meet them by just small, uh, manageable chunks day by day working toward your goals. And for me, that involved that money-saving um, adventure that I embarked on. And what I did was I figured out the total amount that I wanted to save. And for me, that was $10,000. For me, that represented three months of living in New York City with my half of the mortgage, my half of the bills, you know, my phone bill, uh, my subway card, and you know, all of the stuff that you need to exist in New York City. For three months, that was the number that I was shooting for. And then I just started dividing it by <laughs> um, periods of time. And I said, well, I can't save that in one month, and I can't save that in three months, and I can't really save it in six months, but I think a year is doable. Mm -hmm. And it entailed me putting aside I believe it was $27.43 a day, which sounds like a lot to some people. For me, that was the manageable amount. It meant not getting an extra glass of expensive New York City wine. It meant not taking a taxi cab when I could take the subway. It meant not buying one pair of shoes in a week or a new pair of pants in a week or something like that. So I broke it down. And every day, uh, I just set a you know, a transfer from my checking account into my savings account on my phone. And then I colored in a little square on this chart that I kept on my refrigerator. And so I had, at the end of that, I had 365 squares, all colored in red and $10,000 in my bank account. And then I quit. That is such, it's such a great story. It's super inspirational, but it's so simple when you, when, like you said, you, you break it down to the, into the manageable chunks. And I'm sure if we all like looked at our bank balances, we could see where we throw that money away. Um, yeah, if not and, every day, know, every once, once or twice a week anyway. Yeah. Sorry to talk over you. Um, okay. I just want to be very clear for your listeners too, that I'm really sensitive to issues of, of class and socioeconomic inequality. And I don't want to be one of those people who says, oh, you can just do without some, you know, right. some treat, just like don't have your latte a day. Like I recognize that a lot of the things that we buy for ourselves and that we invest in are important to us, even if they're not important to other people. And the idea is to just find whatever the amount is that you want to save your goal. And then however many days it takes you, if that's saving a dollar a day or $27 and 43 cents a day, 
um, figure out what works for you and then move toward it. So I just want to make sure that nobody thinks I am being insensitive. To, oh, absolutely. Uh, no, thank you for that. Issues. I appreciate that. Um, so talking about get your shit together, I, I think that is my favorite of the no fucks given guides, although fuck no is coming in at a close second. Um, <laughs> I really want to know what inspired the chipmunk quiz because that one is just brilliant, if not like completely clever. So where did you get the idea for the chipmunk quiz? Well, thank you. Uh, when I was writing the book, I felt like I needed to create some fun archetypes so that readers could follow along and know that uh, that there are all different kinds of people who need to get their shit together for different reasons and in different ways. So I was really trying to kind of back my way into some sort of recognizable cultural uh, right. touchstone. And I thought about the Three Stooges and I thought about, you know, I sort of went through a, a lot of different things. And then I thought, you know, the chipmunks, they're all over the world. The movies are released in hundreds of countries around the world. They're still going strong as a franchise. And they really do have three distinct personalities that, mm -hmm. that correlate to the types of people who need this book. So it happened uh, organically and, and unfolded from there. And I really, I am a Simon. I identify as a Simon uh, with a Theodore rising. Uh, my husband is an Alvin all the way. So yes, I'm my Alvin mom actually, uh, my mom said, what am I, an Alvin? And I said, no, you're a Theodore. <laughs> she was like, what does that mean? And I said, Theodores usually don't know their Theodore's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then the keys, phone, wallet metaphor. I love that too. What, what inspired that? Well, I call this uh, gist theory, get your shit together theory. And right. the idea is that, um, you know, everything you do in your life basically happens with your keys, phone, and wallet. Mm -hmm. You can get into and out of your house and your car. You can schedule things on your phone and your calendar, call and make an appointment make appointments, send email, um, and obviously pay for your life. So with your keys, phone, and wallet, you shouldn't be leaving home without them. And when you say colloquially, get your shit together to somebody, it's the kind of person who leaves their phone at the bar or forgets their keys and locks themselves outside of the car or something like that. So I wanted to take these three everyday items that we're all conditioned to realize that we need when we walk out of our homes and think about them metaphorically as things that we need in order to have our shit together, um, you know, mentally speaking. So that's how I that's how I came to keys, phone, and wallet, and they each represent a different aspect of having your shit together. I'm a huge advocate of work life balance and self care, and had to change careers myself because, as you say, today's work culture is contributing to mental health issues. So, in that vein, what is the best way to explain to the unenlightened that selfish is not a four letter word? <laughs> well, I feel like I know a lot about four-letter words by this point, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm willing to go on record as saying that uh, being selfish does not have to be a bad thing. And one of the distinctions that I like to make is if you're making a decision that helps you more than it hurts somebody else, then that is probably not the bad kind of selfish. In all of my books, I say, you know, I'm not trying to raise an army of sociopaths. I don't want people to go around being assholes to their friends, family, and coworkers. Uh, but you do need to be able to set boundaries and work within them so that you can preserve your own time, energy, and money, which if you watch the TED Talk, you'll know I refer to as your fuck bucks and you have to budget them uh, in order to, you know, live a balanced life, as you said, a, you know, work-life balance, a personal balance. I mean, sometimes balance just means being home alone for a night without any work and without any friends or spouses around to, to, exactly. to bother you either. Um, and so I think it's, it's really important to 
just again, break things down into these manageable ideas. You know, is this worth my time? Is it worth my energy? Is it worth my money? And set boundaries and enforce them so that you can, you know, go into relationships and professional situations with a, a, enough energy, a, you know, a surplus of time, energy, and money and, and perform well and succeed at those things. Hey, Elevators, I hope you're all enjoying today's interview with Sarah Knight. Don't forget to go to my website, chrismcpeak.com forward slash Sarah, and enter the giveaway for two of Sarah's New York Times bestselling books. Also, while you're there, check out chrismcpeak.com free goodies and pick up any one of my free guides about work-life balance, time management, and all of the things. Again, chrismcpeak.com forward slash Sarah chrismcpeak.com forward slash free goodies. And now let's get back to our interview with the anti-guru. Totally. And I think that um, fuck no is sort of a, a user's manual into how to do some of that, especially when sometimes to be a little bit selfish and exercise at self-care, it means that you have to say no. So if someone's not, for people that haven't heard of fuck no, what's that guide all about? So uh, it's the latest No Fucks Given Guide, and the subtitle is How to Stop Saying Yes When You Can't, You Shouldn't, or You Just Don't Want To. And it's a really great bookend to the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck because I think that that book, the first book, was really um, theoretical and it, and it showed you how to get to know in your own mind. But over the course of the four years since it was published, I got so many reader queries saying, I get it. I believe you. I understand that I'm allowed to say no. But how do I do it? How do I do it? Like, I literally need you to put the words in my mouth. So that's where fuck no came into play. And what it is, is a thorough, I think pretty simple, and I hope very funny, um, explanation of how to say no in any one of probably over 600 situations. I stopped counting around 415. (laughs) Um, And it covers the same uh, core categories that I cover in all of my books, which is, you know, work life friendships, family, um, romantic partnerships, and, uh, you know, favors, invitations, permission, and consent. And, you know, it's all broken down by chapter, by category, and really just explaining to you why it's important to set boundaries, how to do it, and then how to express yourself, literally the words with which to say no to people. Yeah. And and even some of the simple examples that you give, like I want to say, I'm remembering that Asking for a Diet Coke and being offered a Diet Pepsi was one of the things where we <laughs> raise our hand and say, fuck no, because that's me to a T. Um, oh, no, I really don't want a Diet Pepsi. I'll just have water. Or sometimes for me, it's, well, if I must, but I have to have a lemon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. You're remembering exactly right that those, <laughs> that's one of the examples. And it comes in a, in a larger section about people saying, oh, I'm sorry, is that okay? Where somebody does something to you or for you, maybe not with malice, um, you know, but, sure. but just offers or gives or drops on you something that you don't want or need and that you didn't ask for. And then they say, oh, sorry, is that okay? And you're allowed to say no. It's not okay. And that, you know, that works when you are turning away a Diet Pepsi at a restaurant and it works with a friend who's abusing your good nature and it works with a family member who's not paying back a loan. Um, it's really all right to, to stop and say, no, you know what? Actually, it's not okay. Yeah. And I, I think too, I love in this book, the way that you describe the, 
intimate relationships too. And, and especially how nuanced you are with explaining that. And, and also that it's, you know, entertaining and funny as well. But I don't know that a lot of people are willing to go there when you're talking about like your partner or your spouse or significant other and things of that nature. And that, I don't know why just, that just popped into my head that I don't, I'm really digging this new book. It's really, really fantastic. Thank you. Um, and, and applicable and as you say, all life situations. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if, some, if someone could only read one of your books for whatever stupid reason the world might come up with, which book <laughs> should they choose? Or if that question's too ridiculous, which of your fav, favorite of the No Fucks Given Guides was your favorite to write? Well, I would say that people should read whichever one they think they need the most. So if you think you really need to get a handle on your anxiety, read Calm the Fuck Down. If you yeah. think you have problems getting motivated and setting goals and achieving them, read Get Your Shit Together. If you're feeling like you need a boost of self-confidence and to be your authentic self in the face of the haters, read You Do You. So it really just depends on what you need. And I wrote them in such a way that you should be able to read them in any order and you shouldn't have any trouble following along. Um, my favorite to write was You Do You. It's the only one that doesn't have a curse word in the title. Um, and <laughs> That was perhaps a failure of marketing, but, uh, but it was the sentiment that I wanted to convey. Uh, maybe I should have called it Fuck the Haters. But, um, <laughs> but that was really a book that came from the heart, you know, for somebody who, you know, grew up just feeling a little different from everybody else and not understanding why people couldn't just handle the fact that I was a little bit different and then grew into somebody who is now extremely confident and unwilling to compromise my, um, my personality, my ideals, my ethics, my morals, my sense of humor. Uh, just to quote unquote fit in. So that was the one that I had the most fun writing. And, uh, but in general, I think they all speak to different, different problems, different solutions. Yeah. Same I sense of humor. I agree with that. And, and they're, they're highly entertaining. They're really funny. You could probably have a second career as a stand up comedian if you wanted to. <laughs> Um, I, I've I known enough myself... stand-up comedians that I feel like uh, <laughs> that is an extraordinarily difficult job and also involves a lot of travel, which I hate. So yeah, I'm going to leave that to them. <laughs> well, I find, I find myself, because I buy them all on Audible, and, mm -hmm. and I think it's brilliant that you read your own books. And I tell people, I said, this is where she's listened to them because you really get, um, you get her voice, you get her spirit and the whole thing. So I do, I will find myself sitting in the car listening to one, laughing out loud, nodding my head vigorously. It's a, it's a participant activity as well as just a, a book that you listen to. <laughs> you participate. That's awesome. I like that. I like that idea. The Sarah Knight storytelling. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe okay. I should launch a storytelling hour. It's, a, it's an experience. <laughs> Witness the Sarah Knight experience. Now that could be a Vegas show in all. In Ooh, all. I do like Vegas. <laughs> this is completely off topic, but why the Dominican Republic? Well, uh, my husband and I both had a, a long-term desire to live somewhere warmer uh, than New York City and somewhere yes. more relaxed and, and cheaper um, and beautiful and pretty low-key. And so we actually did a bunch of research. We ended up with a spreadsheet. We had all of the categories of things that we wanted, you know, oh, great. relatively stable government and relatively good access to healthcare and, you know, just all around good weather. Although just when I got on the, on the horn with you, I just saw the news that there was a giant earthquake um, south of Cuba, which is causing a tsunami warning for Caribbean oh, countries. No. So I'm keeping half an eye on my, on my alerts on my phone. I don't think it's going to get this far over uh, to the east. But, you know, with, with uh, the opportunities that the Caribbean has afforded us come new challenges, tarantulas, tarantulas. tsunamis, <laughs> these kinds of things. Whatever happened to the seven-legged tarantula? 
Uh, I don't know, but every time we drive past the field that we released him in, we just say, hi, Lucky. Hope you're hi, doing Lucky. well. You know, <laughs> no idea if that field is now home to an army of, uh, of tarantulas or what. But. And you people listening, you have to listen to Calm the Fuck Down to get that joke. So we're not going to say anything <laughs> about that. Um, my favorite Serenite-ism, if you will, is your Valentine to multitasking that says, it's not actually possible to do more than one thing at a time in general, just not on your phone, with the exception of listening to music. Although if you're listening to, if you're trying to accomplish anything while listening to Purple Rain, you don't deserve to be listening to Purple Rain. <laughs> and of course, I totally agree, but I'm curious, like, why Purple Rain? Um, I think that Prince, my husband is an enormous Prince fan. I am, I am a Prince fan, but my husband is a devotee. And I think that just in our household, he is the, the sort of immaculate God of music and like really deserves your full attention. Yes. Uh, and I actually took for my husband's 40th birthday, I surprised him with a trip to Paisley Park. Sadly, it was already after Prince had passed away. But oh. um, so he's a, he's a, a small figure who looms large in our household. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just paying my respects. I miss Prince too. But I, I, lo- I quote that often um, to my friends when they're trying to explain multitasking to me. <laughs> no. And let me tell you what Sarah Knight says. All right. So those are all my formal questions, but I hope you'll indulge me with some rapid fire because I think this would be a lot of fun. Sure. Okay. I already know the answer to this question, but Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke for sure. Madonna or Gaga? Uh, Madonna. Red wine or white wine? Red wine. Donuts or cupcakes? Donuts. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Okay. Um, Okay. Then how about John Wayne or Clint Eastwood? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to have to go John Wayne because I know Clint Eastwood's politics. I don't know John Wayne's politics, so it's possible that that's a neither as well. (laughs) But I can't, I can't, uh, can't get on the Clint Eastwood train these days. Got it. Favorite guilty pleasure? Uh, Well, I don't really like to uh, ascribe guilt to my pleasures because I want to make sure that everybody feels that they can indulge in whatever pleasurable activity they like without feeling guilty about it. Um, But I suppose that I really do like reading trashy magazines and just watching insipid trashy television. I think because I spend so much of my my time and my brain power trying to create um, meaningful, thoughtful stuff that I just like to be able to zone out on completely meaningless, uh, ridiculous stuff. I love it. Favorite way to engage in non-selfish, of course, self-care? Bubble baths. Oh, I love that. What's your favorite bubble bath brand? I use the Dr. Teal's. It's like- Oh my God, I do too. Lavender. Lavender. Yeah. It's just like a giant bottle. So it lasts for a really long time. And yes. I like the label. <laughs> I want to, again, thank you so much for carving time to be on the show. This is a true life highlight for me. And if you could just share with the audience where people can find you online or connect with you in social media, where they can buy your amazing books. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me and for and for making this happen. Um, I know that scheduling is difficult, especially across time zones and with day jobs. So go us. We did go it. Go us. Um, and if people want more information on me and the books, they can go to nofucksgivenguides.com. That's plural, nofucksgivenguides.com. 
And from there, they can find links to all of my social media, um, both my, my personal social media and the book's social media, both of which are just me behind the curtain. Um, they can read excerpts of the books. They can download the flow charts and the various motivational posters. And anybody who has listened to the audiobooks like you have can download the audiobook accompaniments, um, which are kind of all of the illustrations and other things that are impossible to narrate. Um, they can also read every article I've ever written, organized yes. by subject, watch the TED Talk, and listen to every podcast that I've done. So it's a really informative, I hope, comprehensive site that'll give people an idea of which book might be right for them, and then where they can buy it, and where they can follow me for more info day to day. It is all things Sarah Knight, that is for sure. Thank you again, my dear, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to hit that subscribe button and then scat on over to leave a rating and review for Elevate Your Aid. This ensures that Apple Podcasts knows we are out there and providing great content for you, the audience. Want 22 new ways to make more time and do the things you love? Go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate for my free guide on rockstar time management. That's chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate. The guide is free and it's just for Elevate Your 8 listeners. See you next week. Keep elevating.